Maybe our other athletes, as soon as they're done, they're on it. <laughs> I was more interested in like having a party and dancing. Ever wonder what it's like to be an athlete on the world's biggest stage? What really goes on inside the village? Let's find out. Legends with Bevo, the road to Tokyo. Thanks to Anytime Fitness Glenel, Renalek Electrical Services. Emily Seabom, great to have you on Legends with Bevo, the road to Tokyo. Um, what an incredible Olympics we saw with the Australians equaling their record from Athens back in 2004 in the medals for gold and also the swimming team breaking all sorts of records. Um, yourself, you won the bronze and the gold. Uh, talk to us through your experience in, over there in Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really know what to expect because the uncertainty around the whole Olympics with COVID and everything. So, yeah, we kind of went in being very adaptable because there were obviously no fans, no family, so very different from any other Olympics that I've been to before. You know, we were wearing the masks all the time, you know, trying to really limit our time going to places like the dining hall and you know, spending time with other countries, we didn't really do that. So it wasn't as social as what an, an Olympics is normally, what I've experienced before, but it was still a great team to be a part of. And I think because we didn't have that environment where we could have had fans and family, I think we became each other's like fans and family. So I think it made us stronger as a team. And yourself personally, uh, you won gold in the four by 100 meter medley and, and of course, uh, bronze in the 200 meters backstroke. Uh, you know, you've gone through some some tough times uh, the last five or six years. Obviously, 2015, you had a, a horse riding fall and then um, we had Rio where you didn't sort of win any medals there. And then people came out and criticized you and said, oh, you know, you need to lose weight and you're too old now to qualify and, and do well in Tokyo. And does it feel like you've sort of stuck it up, those critics, Emma, uh, winning those two medals? Um, it's probably more so that I gave myself a lot of belief and confidence back in my swimming because uh, I think that was probably one thing where I kind of lost a lot of form was like having the confidence to be able to go out there and, you know, perform at my best. And I think, you know, in in going to Tokyo, making that team and to, to race as well as I did, I think, you know, I really gave myself so much more confidence and yeah, it made me feel really good. And I think that's the most important part. And we saw the swimming team absolutely uh, dominate the medals over there in Tokyo. What were your some some of your personal highlights for from the from the swimming side of things? Uh, I have a few. I think you know watching Emma swim because I trained with Emma. Um, seeing her do so well was just really good to see, and she is just the most beautiful, humble person I've ever met. So. For me, that was so special. Um, also really special that, you know, my coach was is also her coach. So he got, you know, so much, I guess, immediate feedback from her swimming and my swimming. And I think that made him feel really special as well, which is always a really good plus. And then I think the biggest one for me was presenting Kaylee with her gold medal in the two back. I think that was just such a big moment and something that will probably never happen again and something that I hold very close to my heart. Yeah, Kaylee, what an absolute champion uh, she was and definitely a bright bright future ahead there, no doubt. Plus, uh, obviously, Ariana Titmus as well. We saw how well she did. And and Emma McKeon's now um, got the the record for medals in terms of swimming. She's taken over from Ian Thorpe. Um, as you mentioned, you know, knowing Emma so well, having the same coach, um, it must be an amazing feeling for you and, and for Emma knowing that she's broken that record. Yeah, I think... I, it's really hard. Like you always come to the Olympics and obviously you want the very top, but it's always hard to 
know what other people are doing. So you can only do so much, but you can't control what anyone else does in that race. And for Emma, she's just one of those people that's really cool, calm and collected. And, you know, you can't really, you never know what she's thinking. I think she's very, sometimes she comes across as just like this really quiet, shy girl. But I think, you know, in her head, she has so much confidence in herself and her abilities. And I guess it really shows when she swims because she just swims with no fear and and no restrictions, and it's so good to see. And Adelaide's own Kyle Chalmers, who I've um, had the great pleasure of interviewing before for my show, um, came so close to to getting that back-to-back gold medal. Uh, tell us about that particular race, Em, and, and obviously knowing Kyle well. Yeah, I think, you know, Kyle did the best that he could, and that was such an amazing swim. That was as fast as he's ever gone before. So it's fantastic to see that, and it came down to, you know, such a small margin, but... You know, he's racing one of the best in the world at the moment. Like Caleb Dressel is just like on fire every time he swims. So, you know, that was always going to be a really tight race. And Kyle, you know, he put his heart and soul into that race and he couldn't have swum any better. I think that was just such an amazing swim. And you touched on it before with the Olympic Village. Um, how did it compare this year, uh, you know, to the other, other three Olympics you've been involved in then? Yeah, well, for this one, I think it was just so different because it just wasn't as social as what it normally is. Um, I did a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff on my Insta and on TikTok as well. So if you do want to see more videos, there's stuff there that you can go look and kind of see what it's all about because I think that was probably the biggest change is like people can actually really interact with their fans by showing them around the village and giving them more of a perspective of what happens when you get there because you know it is such a different environment you know you're rooming with so many different people um like the beds were made out of cardboard like there were just so many different things happening and it was good to I guess you know show people what it's like in there and what you do day to day in the village and in some of the the past olympics you've been involved in um I've spoken before to Annabelle Smith, who did some great things in the diving for Australia. Uh, that was th- her third Olympics this year. And, and she spoke about meeting some of her idols like Usain Bolt and, and David Beckham. And in the past, have you sort of come up close with some of your idols as, idols as well and now uh, perhaps want to share some stories? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, like my idols were always like on the swim team. So the biggest person to me was, was Thorpe and he retired when I first made the team, but I was also on the team with, with Hackett as well. I mean, like I was on a relay team with superstars in 2008. Like I had Liesl Jones, I had Libby Trickett and I had Jess Schiffer. Like it couldn't get any bigger than that team. So for me, I was very lucky that I got to swim with the people that I admired the most. And in terms of the village, um, I love hearing the stories, particularly my producer, Rory, loves hearing the stories about the the, the sort of first meal that you have after competing, um, you know, we've heard, heard stories about Atlanta having about nine McDonald's and obviously this one being a little bit different with the village, but what's normally your, your go-to meal after after competing, Em? Uh, for me, it was the pizza. Yeah, as soon as I was done, I think I had it for like breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and and your own journey? Your dad was uh, a, a footballer with the Bays back in the day and, and your mum played netball until she unfortunately did her ACL. Um, you know, tell us more about your own journey growing up as a swimmer, Em. Yeah, well, um, my mum taught learn to swim. So basically me and my brothers learned to swim at a very young age and 
when she was working because dad was working full time. We had to go to the pool and do lessons all the time. So swimming for me was like second nature. Um, I did it all the time and I really loved uh, competition and being a competitive person. So that's where I kind of found my passion for swimming. And the, the COVID situation, we saw on, on TV, there was still a fair bit of atmosphere because obviously the teams are involved and we, we know about great boxer, what he was up to with, uh, with Ariane Titmus winning her gold. Uh, what sort of feeling was it like having competed in uh, three Olympics previously to Tokyo with the crowds um, not being there as much, Em? Yeah, my heart like did really bleed for Japan. Um, you know, hosting an Olympics is such a special moment in um, the country's history. And I think for me, like, you know, seeing people out and about, like I went past so many people on the buses, like waving with signs. And it was so special to see that, but also broke my heart at the same time because I know how much the Japanese were really looking forward to it, you know, you know, it got pushed back in 2020 to this year, obviously. And yeah, it did break my heart a lot to see, you know, the people kind of waving on the side of the street, not being able to go to the events. But in saying that, the atmosphere at the pool is still really great. I think, you know, we all cheered on each other. And once you got out there, you were so focused anyway that like nothing was going to phase you. And in terms of the protocols with COVID, how did it differ from previous Olympics? So did you have to get testing every day? And and you sort of touched on it a little bit, but yeah, give us a bit more of an understanding about how that worked. Yeah, so we got tested every day, um, which was just like a spit test. Obviously, we got the nasal swabs before we left twice. And now that we're in quarantine, we have a few more to do as well. So um, that's fine. I feel like I've done so many of them now that they don't really phase me. Um, but yeah, it's totally different. And obviously, like we were wearing masks the whole time until... Like, obviously, you can see us when we walk out. We have the mask over our face and we just rip it off at the last second. So, you know, very different. But I also did a competition last year where we had to do the same thing. So I was pretty prepared for that. And I think everyone else, you know, really adapted well to doing that. Um, That was kind of like one of the challenges. But everyone kind of just was in the same boat and it was just like everyone's doing it. So, yeah, it didn't really phase us too much. We managed to, to get through and saw one of the, the best Olympics of all time with incredible ratings, didn't we? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it. Um, in saying that, like most of Australia was in lockdown at the time that the Olympics were going ahead. So I think, you know, in a way, the Olympics was such a good thing to have at that time because, you know, it gave Australians something to be happy about, to enjoy um, to sink their teeth into and, you know, something completely different. And I think, you know, we're so thankful that we got the opportunity to leave Australia and compete for Australia because, you know, that's our dream. Obviously, we all train our hardest to be at that level. So we're very thankful that we got that opportunity to go over there. And as one of the more experienced uh, athletes, how did you cope with the Olympics being postponed for 12 months, Emily? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was. Uh, hard at first, but then I kind of saw it as such a positive because it gave me an extra year to really step up my training and see how much I can improve myself. And I am really thankful that I did get that extra time because who knows, you know, what would have happened if I didn't have that extra time. You've obviously competed against the best in the world um, throughout your amazing career. 
who would be your, your top three toughest opponents? Because obviously it's too hard to say one, but who would be the, your three toughest? Okay. Um, I would say uh, Missy Franklin from the US. She's retired now. I think she's pregnant now, but um, she was a massive, massive competitor in 2012. Um, in Rio, the biggest competitor was Katinka Hosu. She was just on fire. I think she won maybe like three gold. And then obviously this time I'd have to say Kaylee. Who was your village crush throughout your Olympic career? Oh, I didn't have one. Oh, come on. I didn't have one at all. This mask on our face, you didn't really interact with many people. It's kind of like when you went anywhere, you were just like, you know, you were straight in, you were straight out. You didn't really like notice anyone. So for me, like I just kind of like, you know, went in, went out, didn't really, you sit with the Aussie swim team, that's it, and then leave. But um, if I would say one person, it would probably be like Ash Barty or like Patty Mills, just because I think they're like unbelievable athletes. But like, but yeah, like I just think they're <laughs> unbelievable. So there wasn't, so David Beckham or Usain Bolt, none of those guys, uh, they, they weren't a, a village crush back in the day? <laughs> I didn't. To be honest, I didn't see them. I did see Bolt in, um, I think, Com Games. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't really, I, was, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> do that. But maybe other athletes, as soon as they're done, they're on it. Like, <laughs> I was more interested in, like, having a party and dancing rather than, like getting with other people. <laughs> no, I like it. That's great. As long as you're having fun, that's the most important thing. And yes. finally, the question that always stumps people, Emily, three people, alive or dead, who you'd love to have dinner with, who would they be and why? Um, okay. That Yeah, that's hard. But um, <laughs> I'd say Taylor Swift. I just think she's just like amazing. I um, love her music. Obviously been to like almost every one of her concerts that she's ever had. So I'd say her, um, Shannon Tatum, because he is my like ultimate like crush. Like, <laughs> I think he's so fine. Um, for the third person, I would say I'd want like a sports person, but I don't know what sport that I would want. Like I don't think I'd want a swimmer because I'd want to know kind of, I would really like to dig deep on like someone else's sport to know like what, got them there like how did they stay on top type thing so maybe it's someone like ash Barty or um like an nba player or something someone where i can just like be like oh like what's it like doing what you do because like obviously like i'm so focused on the swimming side of things but knowing why other people want to do that sport is really interesting too and what's next for emily seabom obviously you're you're very talented when it comes to uh the media side of things uh could we see you as a expert commentator in the olympics going forward and and you still want to stay involved with swimming yeah i mean brisbane 32 like that's my goal if like i can be commentating or doing a role in that like i would love that um considering that brisbane is my home uh but apart from that like obviously next year is a massive year of swimming we have uh obviously we were supposed to have world this year so next year is quite busy but i still would like to have some time to myself because it's been a long five years <laughs> well you've certainly uh, done australia very very proud emily Seabom. thanks so much for joining us today on legends of bevo the road to tokyo well done on those uh, couple of medals in tokyo and and thanks for, for giving us such a great insight into what it was like at tokyo and and we look forward to chatting again in the future and uh, please say a big thank you to kate hutchison as well for teeing up the chat for us no worries we'll pass it on Oh, 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 oh,